Coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. God gave us freedom to do as we will, but with that freedom is responsibility, and there are consequences that we need to consider. Christ's way is always the best way. And because God is the one who designed our bodies for ultimate functioning, and He knows what's best for us. The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. And welcome to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mental, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend, we're here, we're doing life together, and as always, we're so glad you've joined us. Dr. Linda, just checked the uh, calendar, and it says it's the weekend again. Yay! And it seems like this happens every weekend. Well, it's when we do our show together, so we do see each other every weekend. Yeah, you make a good point. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's been a long time since we've done a show on a very difficult topic, but I think we are up for the challenge, so uh, so let's go for it. This topic today affects many people, and we want to give a warning in case you have young ears listening that this is for mature audiences only. Uh, Let's start off with a question. Which blog topic has one of the highest hits on your website? Well, I'm going to guess it has to do with today's topic, so I'm going to venture a guess to say it has to do with the topic of sex. Am I right about that? That is correct. Mm -hmm. So today we are going to talk about sexual temptation and how to overcome it. It's a difficult struggle for many, Christian or not. Uh, One of your readers asked this, I have failed God many times in the area of sexual lust. I find myself thinking about impure thoughts. I confess my sin, ask forgiveness, and repent. I do okay for a few days, but then find myself right back where I started. I feel out of control. How can I break this cycle? No, I really appreciate the honesty of that reader, and we're going to help him Mm -hmm. and others who may have similar questions as we offer some practical ways to be an overcomer in this area. You know, Chris, given the culture we live in, sexual temptation is all around us, Mm. and it is something that we do have to learn to resist, and in order to do that, You have to be very intentional. You have to be on guard because it's a daily battle. And we want to say that we're not here to condemn anyone, but this is an area of our lives that is going to be in stark contrast to the culture around us. And, you know, I was thinking about this, Chris, with social media. This is not something that you can hide for very long. Mm. So if you're really struggling with this and you don't want to get yourself in a lot of trouble for a lot of reasons... You have to, again, be intentional because we live in such a sexually saturated society in which the norms have really changed. Temptation is at our fingertips 24-7, right, with Mm. the Internet. No one is really exempt from temptation given the culture we're in. And we know all sins are problematic and all sins are wrong. But sexual sin has a lot of consequences that go along with it. Can we talk about this? Yeah, we're not trying to put a degree of sin, you know, Mm -hmm. one better than the other. But really, with sexual sin, it's a problem because it's a sin against your body. Mm. And when the Apostle Paul listed out the deeds of the flesh in Galatians 5, it's actually in 19 through 21, the first three had to do with sexual sin. And then when he did it in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10, Four out of the first five had to do with immorality. So the Apostle Paul paid a lot of attention to the problem of sexual immorality. 
Now, here's the thing with this type of sin. It can result in a pregnancy. It can result in sexually transmitted infections, and those are really on the rise in our culture. The thing we don't really talk about as much as we need to, because you don't see it on the media, Mm. is it results in a brokenness in a person's life, which affects their health, and it affects the people around them and the people that they love. It can really lead to a lot of relationship distress and breakups as well. My oldest daughter is 13, so some of these conversations are beginning to happen That's good. in our house. And That's good. One thing I explained to her recently was, yes, there's the physical act of two people having sex, mm-hmm. but then there is the spiritual union that takes place between them as well. And that means that it's not a casual thing like our culture continues to tell us. Mm-hmm. I mean, that really is a lie. Right. And that's one of the things you can say to your 13-year-old at some point. People don't handle casual sex very well. Like the media wants us to believe. It, I, I get upset. I watch these shows. Right. And, you know, everybody's hooking up and having sex, and it looks like it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. But it's exactly what you said. It's the joining in which two become one. And actually, Chris, this creates a neurochemical and a spiritual bond that is difficult to shake. It's very difficult to really, if we're honest, 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 to reduce sex to only a physical pleasurable act unless you're really detached from your life and other people. So basically you're saying that casual sex isn't really casual. It's not because of that joining of two people. Even if you're not spiritual, you're Mm -hmm. creating a spiritual bond you don't even recognize because we were created to be intimate with another person. God gave us this intimate union. It's biological, it's emotional, it's spiritual. And on the biological side of that, there's an anthropologist whose name is Dr. Helen Fisher. She's one of the leading experts on love and attraction in our culture. Here's what she says about casual sex. Now, stay with me. I'm going to do a little science lesson here. (laughs) I I won't get too complicated. It's not casual because when you have sex with somebody, it's pleasurable, right? It drives up the dopamine system in the brain. That's that reward center that a lot of people have heard about with drugs, right? It also releases these hormones. Specifically, they're called oxytocin and vasopressin. But those are the hormones that are linked with bonding and with attachment to someone. So sex triggers brain systems for romantic love and attachment. And that means you can easily fall for someone and feel attached to that person. So you're having a physical act, but you're having all this biochemical reaction in your body that makes you feel attached to them and mm. want them. So this notion that you can just engage physically and it's over is just really nonsense. That's not the message at the movies at all. No. And Paul describes our body as a temple of the Holy Spirit, which is from God and not our own. And it's not our own body. And how often do we hear that chanted mm-hmm. in the culture? We are to glorify Christ through our body as well as other parts of our life. And see, that message is unpopular because it doesn't fit the cultural narrative at all. But if we follow Christ, we need to know the teachings of the Bible and follow those, even if they are unpopular. God's Word is not adaptable to the culture and all of the uh, day-to-day changes we see. You know, I sometimes wonder that, don't you, when you see the way some churches are moving Mm -hmm. away from what the Bible instructs? Exactly. And here's the thing. The teachings are not there to oppress us. Like a lot of non-Christians like to say, I get so tired. Now I'm kind of cranky here, but I I get so tired of how people say, oh, the Bible is so repressive and it's a list of what you can't do in your life. When really, in all reality, the ways of Christ are here to help us flourish. 
So the biggest lie about sexual sin is that it's no big deal. And I can tell you from doing therapy for over 20 years that sexual sin plagues people, it destroys relationships, and it causes a lot of inner turmoil. The storylines that you don't see or you don't hear in television shows. And because of that pleasure, which is biologically based, we are all vulnerable, which is why we are talking about this today. And if you're someone who has succumbed to sexual temptation, the good news is that you can repent, you can be healed. The Bible is really clear that Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn us, but to save it through him. His principles for living will lead to a better life. So we're not here to condemn you today. We're really here to help you, maybe to save a marriage, maybe to help you stop doing things that are going to be very destructive to not only your body, but to your relationships. And according to the scripture, we have all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. But the good news is that there's healing and that there's restoration. Yeah, we need to say that again. No one is better than another. And no sin is worse than another. Some have more severe consequences, though, and that's what we're talking about today. After the break, how to overcome sexual temptation. Some days I simply have to fight discouragement. When those days come, I like to read the Psalms and meditate on the cure for my discouragement. Take Psalm 103, for example. David, feeling discouraged, talks to himself in a way that uplifts his soul. He tells his soul to bless the Lord and to remember the benefits of serving God. David wrote this psalm to encourage himself in the Lord, something I know I need to do regularly. Instead of focusing on all of his problems, David decided to engage his will and rehearsed the goodness of God. He begins the psalm by blessing the Lord. Then he speaks to his soul and reminds himself of all that God does for those who are faithful to him. So when you feel discouraged, do what David did and encourage yourself in the Lord. It will transform that discouragement to praise and gratitude. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And just a reminder that you can follow Dr. Linda on social media, on Twitter at Dr. Linda Mental, and on Facebook, Dr. Linda Mental author and speaker, and on Instagram at Dr. Linda Mental. I mean, we can find you anywhere we want. And it's easier to remember Twitter and Instagram. They're the same handle. Just my name, Dr. Do- Linda Mental. Dr. Linda Mental. Yeah. Social media is a great way to keep up with Dr. Linda's speaking and writing on relationships. And she has lots of blogs on the topic of sexual temptation and relationships, which is what we are discussing today. Dr. Linda, the Apostle Paul says, all things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial. Meaning that God gave us freedom to do as we will, but with that freedom is responsibility, and there are consequences that we need to consider. And again, I'm going to say it, Christ's way is always the best way, Hmm. and because God is the one who designed our bodies for ultimate functioning, and he knows what's best for us. Do you think most people of faith actually think about sexual temptation and how it relates to their faith? I don't know how often this is discussed in the churches. I mean, we hear sometimes that the youth group deals with that, Mm -hmm, right? But I don't, have you talked about that much in a men's group or with uh, people your age? We really don't get into it much. I know. So there's a lot of this going on in people's lives. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's very hidden and it's never dealt with in a thoughtful way. And I don't think a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to go to the church and I'm going to get some help with this, Right. right? And maybe, Chris, this has to do with why there are people who think the church is irrelevant. But we need this discussion because the biblical standards are certainly different than the cultural ones. And just as a point of clarification, temptation is not a sin. 
but acting on it is. That's right. And when we talk about overcoming sexual temptation, we have to bring up pornography. I know we could probably do an entire show on this, but it's a major temptation because of how easy it is to access. You know, I went to a conference a few years back, and there was this leading couples therapist that was doing a, a presentation on marriage. And he told us that a little porn in the bedroom was good, and it could bring hmm. excitement to a sex life. I sat there, you know, as a believer, and I thought, wow, right. this is really a dangerous suggestion, as we know that pornography is highly addictive. It's like saying, Chris, a little cocaine can probably be helpful here and there. When pornography enters a relationship, it changes you. It changes your sex life for the worst, not better. There's a, a urologist at the Naval Medical Center in San Diego whose name is Dr. Matthew Christman, and he works with a colleague named Dr. Berger. And they actually surveyed active-duty men and women to see if there was an association between addiction to pornography and sexual dysfunction. And what they found was that the incidence of sexual dysfunction increased in men significantly with pornography. And then Dr. Christman also attests to the reality that mental health clinicians see this correlation of porn and sexual dysfunction in their offices on a regular basis. And once the pornography addiction is treated, guess what happens? The dysfunction goes away. Yeah, the mm -hmm. sex life improves and the dysfunction is no longer there. So when I hear about sexual dysfunction, one of the first things I ask about is pornography. Hmm. If you listen to a, a lot of radio, you hear a lot of ads for dysfunction pills yeah, with yeah, men. Makes yeah. you wonder if those pills would be less popular if we got rid of the pornography. Well, and they won't address this. People will mm -hmm. not address this. In fact, I know very prestigious clinicians who say it's really not an issue. Hmm. And they're promoting this as a way to help couples. So that's a big lie if you hear that. I think they're ignoring the fact that pornography addiction is real. Yeah. And porn on the brain activates those same circuitries as addictive substances do. And like all addictions, what's the end result of an addiction? Is it good? No. It's never good. It's no. always destructive. So does pornography actually change the brain? It does. Viewing porn causes it to rewire and pump out chemicals to form new neural pathways. And the more you use those neural pathways, the stronger they become. So the more you see, the more you view, the stronger you're changing your brain. And those pathways are tied to the reward systems of the brain, which means you're feeling pleasure when you're doing it, which is why so many people get addicted to it. But here's the thing. Pleasure is remembered. So people crave it. They want it. Mm. But if you stop using porn... What happens is the pathways begin to lose their traction, the brain can reboot. So to overcome this sexual temptation, you have to stop viewing it. Abstinence is the only way on this one. The more you view, the more you develop an appetite, and you need more novelty, it doesn't go anywhere but bad. It's deadly to you and to any healthy relationship. So remove it, get rid of it, and stay clear That's of right. it. That's right. And we know there are lots of ways to help with this, like uh, web filters on your computers. There are, are apps you can get on your phone and everything. And professional help if you need it. Right. And good old-fashioned accountability never hurt either. Yeah, that's right. So let's go over some of those sources of sexual temptation that we might not think of as pornography, but they contain graphic images that feed those brain centers. Okay, so what we want to do, Chris, in the next few minutes here is just identify things in your life. We're going to go over a whole bunch of topics, and we're going to have you think about, are these contributing to my sexual temptations? Are these triggers? And we want you to be honest when we go through this list. Okay, well, let's start with the movies. Yeah, that can be pretty convicting, 
can mm, it? Because yes. movies can encourage lust and a lot of thinking we don't want to have. They might not help you flee from temptation, which is one of the things that is the help. And then we have TV. Yeah, and it might be time to rethink our channel choices and mm. the show choices. You know, I wonder how many people were watching during the pandemic because there wasn't a whole lot else to do. So I don't know <laughs> right. about you, but Norm and I watched a whole lot more TV than we did before the pandemic. And I got to tell you, there was a lot of dark stuff mm. on those shows. And, you know, sometimes we would try a series and it would be so disturbing that we just had to stop watching it. Same thing. You think a show is going to be okay and then... Episode two or three, think, ah, we can't do this anymore. Yeah, and, exactly. And I don't know how many people still read an actual printed magazine, but we do see them at the grocery store checkouts. Yeah, so they must still be around, Someone right? is, yeah. <laughs> Most of them, but they can be online, right? So whether it's in print or online, what happens is the visual images can be very arousing, and a lot of times they're in there for that very purpose because sex sells. Mm -hmm. So the stories can also be very suggestive and can really encourage lust. And again, they're certainly widely available. Okay, so we've mentioned movies, TVs, and magazines. magazines. Now we're going to go after the books. So this could be a little more convicting to the ladies in uh -oh. the audience here. Mm -hmm. So what about those steamy romance novels? And you're really struggling with sexual temptation and thoughts. Maybe it's time to change your book choice. Mm. And we really hate to be downers here, but what about our friends? Well, you could ask, what values are they reinforcing? How explicit and how graphic is your talk? Mm. Are you weird if you're a virgin, mm. which sometimes happens in a friend circle? And right. are your friends involved in committing adultery? We don't always think of our family influence, but uh, you might be triggered by things that have happened. We know, sadly, 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 we know that not all families model appropriate sexual behavior. And there have been some violations of sexual boundaries in families with sexual abuse, and even exposure to things that maybe kids should not see when they're very young. So abuse, if abuse is involved, you probably are going to need some real professional help to work mm. through those violations. But that does affect your thoughts about sexuality. What about the effects of alcohol? Are you drinking? Okay, so, you know, here's the fact. More sex happens under the influence of alcohol because those inhibitions are off and they're gone. That one seems obvious, but we are asking you to think about it because it often involves putting yourself in a tempting situation. Right. So if you're alone with the opposite sex in your apartment, in your home, in your dorm, uh, do I need to say anything else exactly. about that? Right. Okay. And what about the, the behavior of your coworkers? Yeah, so let's think about the job environment, what we're hearing at work. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe there's some resistance that needs to happen to be part of a group who's engaging in sexual talk. I mean, do you sometimes find yourself you know, kind of laughing uncomfortably at a really mm -hmm. raunchy joke? Right. And then the behavior, what's happening with the opposite sex friendships? Many affairs begin with coworkers because they have an understanding, a sympathetic, and a listening ear. You're spending a lot of time with these people and getting right. to know them. Okay, so our point here is to do an honest check in all these areas, and there are more. We didn't mention them all, but these are likely to contribute to sexual temptation. And if so, you have to resist by not engaging. Don't lie to yourself about these things. Most of us really think, Chris, that we can handle a lot more sexually explicit material than we actually can. We aren't aware of the subtle influences and the desensitization that goes on by regular exposure. We get lulled into thinking we're above these influences. And guess what? If you're human, you're not. Mm. Well, now that we have identified these tempting areas, what helps us resist more after the break? 
Everyone worries, don't they? Well, just listen to the nightly news or read the economic forecast or even talk to your family. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel. Opportunities to worry present themselves many times during our day. So why would God tell us not to worry when it almost seems like it's impossible? First, he knows the physical damage worry does to our bodies. Second, he wants to calm us down by taking the burden of control away from us. Hey, we don't have control. No matter how much we think we do, he does. And third, he wants us to trust him. The root of worry is doubting God. Doubt is not trusting that God is who he says he is, or he will do what he says he will do. So every day, take your worries to God. Rehearse his goodness, accept his grace, and walk in the confidence that he is in control and he's working all things for your good. Conflict is a part of every healthy relationship. How you deal with conflict is what will either grow or destroy relationships. Do you avoid? Maybe you become highly emotional and then regret what you said or did. Getting control of our emotions is not always easy, but it is possible. Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel, and I wrote the book, We Need to Talk, in order to help all of us deal better with conflict. We Need to Talk, available at bookstores and online where books are sold. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. Check out her website, drlindamental.com. That's where you can read her blogs on sexual temptation, on relationships, and others. And Dr. Linda, you also address this topic of sexual temptation in your book, I Married You, Not Your Family. And don't forget the podcast that can be shared anytime, anywhere. Go to your favorite podcast platform and type in The Dr. Linda Mental Show. And Dr. Linda, how do you begin if you are serious about overcoming sexual temptation other than resisting? Because that pool is pretty strong. You really do have to purpose first in your heart to follow God's word. And that means you're going to have to look at God's word and you're going to have to say, okay, I'm making a decision right now not to be ruled by my passion. Boy, that's unpopular, isn't it? We said in the beginning of the show that this is not a popular cultural notion. It goes against everything that we're involved in in our culture, pretty much. It's a mental state, though, that you can control. So no matter what you feel, you're going to say, I'm going to act with the thinking part of my brain, not the pleasure centers, which means you have to stop and slow down. And scripture is really clear that sexual behavior is always subject to the will. Mm. Well, say more about putting yourself in tempting situations. You know, if you just think about a recovered alcoholic, would that alcoholic go sit in a bar and go, yeah, I'm just going to sit here and hope I I don't have a problem. (laughs) I mean, don't put yourself in places that make resistance tough. This sounds really obvious, but don't go to a strip joint. I've had patients who've come in and said, well, I went to a strip joint. I really struggled. I'm thinking, well, yeah. Don't hang out in bars. Don't get to a point where you're using alcohol where you're not as quite as on guard, right? Mm-hmm, right. When Satan tempted Eve, she engaged him in conversation. Did you ever think about that? He tempted her and she continued. True. Hmm. Instead of telling him to go crawl somewhere else, she <laughs> stayed in the conversation, right? We right. all know the outcome of that choice. Well, Dr. Linda, uh, let's think about this. Should we revalue marriage and not accept cohabitation as okay? But a lot of Christians are living together, and they're not married. Yeah, this is a boy. I don't know how many churches are talking about this, Mm -hmm. um, because this would be really touchy. But waiting to have sex or being faithful in marriage, that's worth fighting for. And you're Mm -hmm. right, Chris, it does need to be valued. 
I mean, if you just look at the cohabitation data, which I'm sure most people don't, but I'm, I'm a nerd. I look at that stuff, right? So cohabitation leads to an increased chance of divorce. That's the very thing that most people are trying to avoid. Right. It doesn't work. It doesn't support the idea that hooking up prior to marriage makes marriage better either or prevents divorce even though this lie is perpetuated. I read something just yesterday. It said, if you take a trial run with living with somebody, you're going to have a better marriage. There's no data to support that. Hmm. That's what everyone thinks, though. I know. And that's what's being proposed. I know lots of people who have said, you know, we're just sort of trying it out just to see and, you know, hoping for the best. And you're saying that that's not ever the case. This is a, a battle of your mind. You have to pay attention to your thoughts. We're instructed to think on things that are noble, pure, lovely, of good report, virtuous, and praiseworthy. I mean, this must be a daily practice that we have to do intentionally. It's so easy to be distracted by sexual things because they're all around us. And it's easy to allow our thoughts to wander, to fantasize. If you continue to read your Bible in order to renew your mind to God's ways versus the cultural narrative, I mean, you're surrounded by all this stuff in the culture, and you have to take those thoughts captive. You keep quoting Apostle Paul. This was a problem back then as well. This it was. Is nothing new. Right. So how about speaking the word as a form of resistance? Well, it worked for Jesus, didn't it? Mm. And when Satan tried to tempt him in the desert, Jesus' defense, his whole defensive posture was to speak the word. Satan couldn't argue with Scripture and gave up. And this really speaks to me, to the importance of knowing and memorizing Scripture. If Jesus, who was the Word, fought temptation with the Word, what better line of defense could we employ? I think we just need to know and memorize Scripture. We need to get back to the basics and keep our walk strong. And that means spending time in prayer, being intimately connected, knowing your Heavenly Father. You have a covenant with Him. He says, when you're weak, I'm strong. Most of us give in to temptation when our daily walk is not strong. Difficulty comes when really people get out of fellowship with God, Chris. That's the bottom line. He's there, but we stop relating to him. So if we stay connected with him, we can be an overcomer. The scripture says it's not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. We can start at point number one here. A way to keep your walk strong is to go to church. You know, attending church once a week, which is probably what most of us do, hardly competes with the daily onslaught of sexual message. But it does provide a weekly centering, a reminder, and you're with like-minded people who will help reinforce the battle in this area. And we all need to be supported to do the right thing. So when we pray with each other, we put on the armor of God, since this struggle is so difficult, we find friends we want to be accountable with. It really makes a difference. You know, if you really struggle with this, you might need a Christian counselor to help. I think that's a great suggestion. There could be a significant spiritual, emotional, or psychological root that requires more intense root. But here's the message. Freedom is possible, but it may mean making significant changes to break the habit. So the next time you walk by the grocery store magazine rack and are tempted to focus on six sizzling ways to have an affair or 10 new turn-ons for men, Divert your eyes. Then think about this. It's just as important to feed your soul with good things as it is your physical body. Pay for your groceries. Remind yourself, with Christ you can do all things, and that includes overcoming sexual temptation. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes this show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together 
And it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.